What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous Thursday, July 27th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how we doing today? Yeah, beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I don't have to pay you for that intro. Yeah, um, you just take it out of my tab. Um, we've got it. We have a great speaking of menus, Stu. We have a great show lined up for everybody. We appreciate you guys sticking uh, through here on this Thursday. First up, um, where do total recoverable oil reserves stand? This is a great article from Rigzone covering what's actually going on and the amount of oil and gas reserves out there. Next up. Good to beat on Goldman Sachs. They see oil price rising on record demand. Stu will dive into this article, talk about what Goldman Sachs bulls are saying now. Quote, it's a way to destroy the dollar. Jim Richards warns of supply chain fragility amid BRICS currency plan. You know, we're we're very scared of what's going on with the BRICS. So Stu's going to dive into and, and always keep new, us on our toes. New spin. Yeah, new spin on it. We like it. And then finally, any fast tracks Indonesian natural gas development um, with Chevron acquisition. Stu will kick it over to me. I'm going to quickly touch on oil and gas prices. We did see the Fed raise 25 basis points. Nothing really new there. The markets actually held up fairly well, only down about a basically flat considering what happened today. So we're mainly going to cover a couple earnings that drop big weekend earnings. So you're going to hear a lot from me on that front. You know, we've got Hess, um, EQT and uh, uh, Matador. Each of them, I think, have really interesting nuggets, which we will cover. Uh, Northern Oil and Gas, one of our favorites, also dropped their guidance in which they expect. So I will cover all of that in a bag of chips in my segment, guys. But first, as always, check us out world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy and oil and gas news. Stu does a great job curating that website, making sure it's up to speed on all of your you know, oil and gas news needs. Guys, dashboardenergynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your uh, energy data news combo. I'm going by a paywall soon, so get it while you still can. Hard at work at V2. Questions, energynewsbeat.com. Where do you want to begin, Stu? Big show today. Oh, we do. We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, this one where I'm going to kind of lean on you a lot, like I normally do. Uh, where do all the total recoverable oil reserves stand? Now, this is kind of important, and I didn't realize there was a few things in there. Uh, this one, in a statement sent to RigZone, Rystad Energy revealed that according to its research, the global recoverable oil reserves now stands at 1.624 trillion barrels. Okay, down in here, it says 1.624 trillion barrels are technically recoverable. Fewer than 1.3 trillion are likely to be economically viable before 2100 at an average Brent price of $50 a barrel. I mean, this is quite a wide range in 2100. You know, you sit there and take a look, 1.3 trillion. What's a f half a trillion between friends or a quarter yeah, of a trillion? 300 billion. Uh, I mean, that's not a huge thing. What, what I don't get 
is so they break it down here. So number one, number one country coming in was Saudi Arabia, obviously 273 billion barrels. Right. Which I want to come back to Saudi Arabia for a second. Second was US with 168 billion. Russia was third, 140 billion. Canada fourth with 122 billion. So right. um, we're not slim on oil. I'll tell you that much. No, I'm not slim either. In fact, round is a shape and I'm trying to lose 25. So the but, real question is, how do we know that Saudi Arabia number to be true? <laughs> I don't think they know. Do and we I, believe that? I don't think they would tell us if yes. they would. We don't even know what Iraq, Iran, Venezuela. I mean, there's a lot that we don't know. I think there's a lot we do know. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface uh, around the African area. Yeah, I mean, it's but but also the idea that Saudi Arabia is going to be forthcoming with the notion that they don't have basically an unlimited supply of oil is ludicrous. And, you know, I don't want to we don't need to dive into it's um, smart on their part. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to dive into all of the deep, dark parts of Twitter, but I mean, you can you can log on to Twitter and it, 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 you know, what is it? Seven steps from Kevin Bacon. You're not seven steps away from finding somebody who's going to tell you that Saudi's lying about their oil reserves because you don't know that. I mean, it's in their best interest to have by far and away the most amount of oil because they want to control it. Now, you know, would would Rystad want to, you know, is Rystad taking money from Saudi Aramco? Of course they are. So of course they're going to come out and say, uh, of course they're going to come out and say, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're going to back them up. You know what I mean? It's like Pfizer handing the data to the people and saying, here's the data you should look at to write the thing. It's like, okay, cool. As they calmly pay off government officials. What did you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That's um, what I thought you said. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) So again, I think I take this with a grain of salt. I think the majority of things to say is I don't buy that Saudi Arabia number to save my life, but I do buy the U.S. and Canada number of only because they're more free and open. I mean, you can argue about Canada. That doesn't doesn't qualify as free and open. But I guess, you know, I I buy that U.S. number of only because they've got that data. And, And there's a couple when you go down to the previous total reserve reports. Uh, they had the previous one at 1.7. So the trending is they think that there's a little bit less. The country with the most proved oil reserves at the end of 2020 was Venezuela with 303, 303 billion. Well, absolutely. I mean, that that's not a shock. The problem is it's extremely expensive to go get that. You're talking about an extremely heavy crude that requires massive steam flooding. I mean, you basically need a hundred dollar yeah. oil to make it profitable. So um, point is, no infrastructure anymore. You got to rebuild it. Yeah, I know. Got to come through us now. Sucks to suck. Yeah, unless we fund it. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, coming around the corner to any more Favorite thoughts on oil that? analysts. Yeah, let's go to speaking of oil analysts. Uh, watch me uh, pull a rabbit out of my hat. We've got Goldman Sachs sees oil ri- prices rising on record demand. I don't know how to even talk about this one. I'm going to, here's a quote. We expect pretty sizable deficits in the second half with deficits are almost 2 million barrels per day in the third quarter as demand reaches an all-time high, said Dan Struvian, head of oil research at Goldman Sachs. Hey, he applied to be a podcast host here. He did. He's about to take my job. Um, <laughs> no, he didn't have your sense of humor. 
Um, according to Goldman's uh, Strevin, we expect U.S. crude supply to slow down pretty significantly to a subsequent place of just 200 barrels per day from here. Uh, rig count fell to 669 uh, last week, according to Baker Hughes. So, um, I mean, basically what they're saying, $86 oil, we stand at basically 79 bucks. I mean, I think this is a whole lot of nothing. Like, I agree with Goldman Sachs in this point, but I wouldn't call this a bullish outlook by any stretch of the imagination, which no, is this funny was, coming from the king of pump. This was a nothing burger, kind of like saying they're about to go arrest some politicians and nobody shows up, not even the politicians. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of that, yeah, Saudi Arabia's crude exports decline below 7 million barrels per day in May. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. All right. What's next here? We got to talk bricks. Okay. Let's go to bricks. It's a long way to destroy the dollar. Jim Rickards warns of supply chain frailty and BRICS currency plan. This article is phenomenal. And I've already reached out to him to come on the podcast. He is a seven different book is sold out. It was his uh, recent best-selling book. Why broken supply change would cause big inflation. Oh yeah. We've had a bunch of it, but I've been reading some of his other stuff and I'm, I'll let you know as soon as he, he calls me, if I have to get off this podcast, cause he's calling, I'll let you know. Um, I love one of these, his line in here, uh, Rickards points out, Putin has been very patient about this the deal is in the green deal is what he's referring to. He had a deal. Ukraine was not living up to their end of the deal. Putin says we are the ones getting attacked. So screw the deal. What's that going to do to the price of grain? It's going to send grain prices up and that's already up 10% in a matter of days. Now here's where it fits into bricks and everything else. Mm -hmm. Putin's over there. Putin and um, Kiev already had a signed contract and the U.S. bagged it. So here he is again, and Putin had a grain deal with Kiev, and they backed out and redid it. So old Putin's over here tired of everything, and it's coming in. But here's where it gets down to it. BRICS, Michael, as you know, is going to be a gold-backed security. Yep. He comes down into here and says, you don't actually have to have gold in order to be a gold-backed security. I'm kind of interesting on this. So what does that make it? I mean, the, the scary may- part is, is that what BRICS decides to do is going to be extremely influential around the world. Exactly. Here's here's what he says. Let's say the brick, quote unquote brick, or you know their dollar is worth one ounce of gold today. That is a thousand nine hundred and seventy per ounce. Except the brick is not anchored to the dollar. It's anchored to gold, which stands in the middle of this equation. So the dollar is the price of gold going up or down all the time, which means the dollar or the brick exchange rate is going to go up all the time. They, they don't have to back it up with gold. They actually don't need any gold. If you make your currency anchored to gold, you will want the price to go up or down. You want the price of gold to go up because that means the brick is worth yep. more in the dollar. To summarize the rest of the article, he says, all you have to do then is you get off the dollar. You have a fake gold standard that you're going to use and then crumple the supply and everything's going to go to hay in a handbasket. He's he's just outlined a whole blueprint on how to take down the dollar. Now, everybody was saying that we go to bricks. It could be years and decades. If you have people that really understand the supply side of things, 
you combine bricks and a gold standard with somebody trying to kill the supply side, that's a really, really quick. That's a, I, I found this very, very important. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think as I'll say it again, I sound like a broken record. What BRICS decides to do with the currency is scary because they're going to have a lot of weight influentially. Who are the companies in BRICS? Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They're just like the biggest economies in the world. So I mean, when they get done with BRICS plus, Michael, 50% of the world's population will be in it. And Energy Newsbeat. Don't forget that. Um, What's next? Okay, let's go to the last article here, dude. Anyway, more on that author. He is a good dude. Okay, ENI fast tracks Indonesian natural gas development with Chevron acquisition. This one's pretty big. ENI announced the acquisition of Chevron interest, including the op- operatorship in the Indonesian blocks named Genal PSC Chevron sixty two percent, Repak PSC Chevron sixty two percent, and Mascar. Straits, PSC, Chevron, 72% in the Kuti Basin offshore of East Kettleman. ENI already has a 20% in the non-op. This is pretty cool because this is actually showing LNG, natural gas, is huge and it's here to stay. I just visited with uh, a, a gentleman in Croatia. He's dealing with Germany. And American countries working on getting long-term natural gas uh, thing. I also was also visiting with a gentleman in Brazil yesterday, and I'm then visiting tomorrow with somebody in Yugoslavia. So it's it's nuts what's going on around the world, dude. No, you're you're keeping up with it. Gas is you know obviously important for energy security you know i think as we're about to see with some of these earnings it doesn't necessarily turn out well on the investment bottom line but that's from an Ameri- that's from an american stand uh, <laughs> so that, that that's what i think um we'll find out um you got anything else to we've got earnings to cover go earnings go all right. Well, we'll quickly cover. We got oil prices here, uh, seventy-eight ninety-nine as we record this about six thirty um here on the twenty-six. So, you know, basically sitting at seventy-nine dollars. Fairly muted day. Obviously, we did see the Fed come out and decide to raise rates twenty-five basis points as expected. I think the key is they were wishy-washy on what the next trade was going or the next interest rate trade was going to look like. Maybe a 25 basis points increase. They did leave the possibility that there was not going to be a development raise. So it again, or an increased raise. So, you know, again, we'll, we'll see how the chips fall on that one. You know, we saw a few earnings drop today. I think it's important and I'd like to cover just one of them. One, we'll, we'll talk about Hess. Give you guys an idea how much oil prices have to do with earnings. You could talk about, you know, we joke about acquisitions. We joke about production. We joke about all this stuff. All you need to know for an oil and gas company is what's the oil price. Why? Because for S, three months ending in 2022, $723 million in the three-month span. Wow. That same three-month span this quarter. 155 million, a 82% loss. Reuters can't figure out what to say. They're crisscross. Obviously, the people who write the articles are different than the people who write the title because their title is Oil Producer Has Beats Profit Estimate on U.S. Production Boost. First sentence, 
Oil gas producer Hess on Wednesday reports an 82% year-on-year decline. I got to get on the same page, folks. Now, they did beat net production specifically with some higher Guyana guidance. So good for them. They did come out and say some interesting things. But I bring this up only to say, Stu, oil prices mean everything in this business. So don't let anybody fool you otherwise. Speaking of IR guy of the week, Matador. I love these guys, Stu. They dropped earnings today. You know what? And you know why I like them? They're, they're founder and chairman and the CEO. I like that. I like that. Okay. Second off here. Um, the other thing I love, you got to scroll 10 minutes down there, down their uh, press release before you see anything about cash flow. It's all BOE, BOE, oil. Here's what we're doing. You finally come down here. Oh, sweet. Net cash flow from, from operating activities, 449 million. Adjusted free cash flow of about 77 million. Net income of about 164. Um, adjusted net income about 170. So about the same as what Hess did. But that gives you the idea of the differences when people come down. You know, Hess is going to take some hit on oil prices, but they're also going to probably do a lot. They, they've got, they've, you know, they had a lot of capital expenditures go into this. Matador, they're just looking at, you know, you're looking at income to production. So, I, I think on this front, it's just funny to say, I love Matador. They only care about production. They'll eventually sprinkle in here some financial data, which I find hilarious. Um, and then thirdly, I thought it was interesting. EQT dropped their finance today. I mean, natural gas prices hasn't been big, though they were up 4% today, again, off record second quarter for production of about four uh, 471 billion cubic feet. CapEx ended up in line with expectations. You know, they did retire 800 million of debt and brought them now down to debt free. So when we look at their numbers here, take it with a grain of salt, but talk about pricing on the other end, Stu. Net income last year, yeah, or three months ending in 2022, 891 million. This month, this quarter, negative 67 million. Oops. And that's, again, has a lot to do with debt retirement. Okay. So you're going to go ahead and retire a lot of debt. That's a dollar difference on average realized price and no necessary little difference when it comes to um, their overall CapEx expenditures guidance only up about, say, a hundred million. So that doesn't incorporate for the difference. So, I mean, it's... Hmm. You see why that overall net loss or what we call net income, the street doesn't trade off that because if it was true, EQT would be in the tank. Why? It's because when you have to look at, you know, again, the total of their balance sheet, you know, again, they're also ESG heavy. So IR guy of the week right here, they, you know, they released, you know, they got to put in there that they released their 2022 ESG report. Um, so we got to love that. Product 20, 20% year over year reduction, scope one, scope two emissions. We got to love that. So, but, you know, about a dollar less on realized pricing translates into a pretty large change. But again, that has a little bit to do with the debt retirement. And that's really interesting, Stu. So you got to give them an idea. Um, they have no credit facility borrowings currently and only 25 million of letters of credit under their $2.5 billion credit facility. They're gearing that's up for it? something. The other thing that came into my mind is they're gearing up for a purchase. They're clearing the decks, they're clearing their debt decks. For a purchase, that's my bet. That, that, that was my next comment. Was they're they're getting it, the war chest open? Yes, they're coming up with cash on hand. Um, we do have a couple other earnings. We've got uh, Chevron and Exxon uh, announcing um, later this week. But uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a full week of earnings. I thought there was some interesting tidbits there. You have any thoughts? Do have you seen anything as as these numbers have rolled out that piqued your interest? 
Uh, no, not not on the numbers right now, but we're not done with M and A. M and A, I think, is going to heat up here before too long. I think I, I think you will. I, I don't think that's a. I think that's a pretty common belief. I've seen a lot of articles written about that. I and I, and I would agree with that sentiment that I think the the war chests are being driven because I think there's there's yep. at eighty dollars everybody's happy. You can find something that looks good on paper as a buyer, and sellers prices look good to sell. I missed that one point on, uh, you know, Toby there on EQT. Uh, so when you sit back and and take a look at that, on uh, I missed even that he was moving that money around. Totally missed it. So yeah, I there, you, there, maybe not, but maybe. But that's a great analyzation. Good job. So um, it'll be. It'll did be I compliment you? Dang. You did, unfortunately. You did, unfortunately. Um, you got anything else, Stu? We're gonna let these people get out of here. They got the weekly recap tomorrow. Um, so they they is the last they'll hear from us. But here's the thing: watch out in the next few weeks because there's some things going on in the market, and they don't want to know. Or the the Fed is now talking again. You mentioned they didn't have anything. When does the Fed speak? When are they lying? It's when their lips are moving. That is causing a lot of the day traders mm-hmm. nuts right now. Yep. Just watch for it. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, um, well, we'll let you get out of here. Tomorrow is the weekly recap. Do tune into that. It kind of covers all of our top segments from the week. Um, we'll be back live and in person here on Monday. So for Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. Guys, have a great weekend, guys. You almost made it. It's Thursday. We'll see you guys Monday. Monday.